And the one mission that I have is to just like defy every odds that was set against me, every statistics, every stigma, whatever the case may be. You're listening to Manual Focus, a monthly podcast where we talk to a Christian creative and we learn a lesson that God has taught them. I'm Alicia Cologne, paper illustrator and photographer and your host. I am so excited about this episode of Manual Focus. Today, we have Daryl Pinnock with us, and he is the podcaster of Passion Behind the Art, where they pretty much interview a creative and understands the underlying passion that drives them. Um, Daryl is also a brand designer residing in lovely Atlanta, Georgia, husband of 11 years, and he has four kiddos. So Super busy. Thank you so much for taking out your time and sharing with us, Daryl. Well, um, Alicia, I am beyond honored to for you to even think of me to be on your podcast. This is a complete blessing, and it has been a blessing personally to me. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I was. Um, I always kind of pray about like who God wants to put on. You know, and, and it's like your name has just been hovering at the surface for a little bit. Wow. And so I'm I'm really excited because I don't I don't know what you're about to bring to the table. So this <laughs> is this is new. This is new to my ears. This is gonna be the new to you know, to the audience. Like we're all in this together. So <laughs> Wow, 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 wow. So um my journey started um in the island of Jamaica. Nice. So you were born in Jamaica. Yes, I was born in Jamaica. Um, I was just a kid, just living regular life. I had no desire for Christ. I had no desire for God. I thought this thing was just a hoax, beyond hoax. And um, I eventually came to the States when I was like not even a teen, like preteen. And that's what saved my life. And this is not to say that, you know, Christ is, wasn't there in Jamaica, but for me personally, because it was a part of school, like you would go to school and a, a class would be religious education in Jamaica. That's yeah. a literal class in school. So it wasn't like I was deprived of it, but I just had no desire for it. I, I was a good kid. I thought I didn't, never needed it. And I came to America, and I my mom gave her heart to the Lord, and that was before I even got to America because she traveled a lot. So she traveled to make the big bucks to go to some maybe a different country to work. Oh wow! Yeah, so uh, for a uh, good a few years, I was raised by my older siblings. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was raised by my older siblings. So, you know, that's an adventure in itself, <laughs> raised by your siblings. I, had to oh, well, I, I don't know. I feel like we could go back and have a full podcast episode <laughs> of just how it is growing up in Jamaica. Because, like, that is, I mean, like, all I know is America. And my my dad was an immigrant. So, I'm like, I still... You know, so I still do have like more culture than I would say that the normal person who like just is born and raised here. Um, but you like you have such a rich depth of culture. Yeah, um, it's 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 different. 
<laughs> it was yeah. like a, like uh you know the Disney show a whole new world it was like when I came to the <laughs> states it was like a whole new world for me you know because in Jamaica like America was especially in the 90s America was the greatest thing ever and it was yeah. presented like that you know it was presented as the land of opportunity um mm -hmm. now as a grown adult I know that for sure I could have made opportunities in um Jamaica I know that now but yeah. on the outside looking in you're thinking like this is like the greatest thing ever and when I came here I was a I was daring headlights and you know <clears throat> I went to New York and so I was pretty excited about being here just being able to see my mom more regular because as I told you yeah she would travel she would come she would come with a lot of gifts and a lot of things and just kind of love on us and then went back left and went back so just the whole opportunity of now we're living together and we were like in this little apartment and there was like another family there in this apartment and oh um, wow yeah my sister and her my older sister because they came way before me and so it was me and my younger brother that came the time so my mom has seven kids Whoa. <laughs> so when you when you say i have a lot of kids i'm like <laughs> you laugh seven is like <laughs> you know but uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know we lived in this little apartment and you know in new york it's already small so you're sharing oh, a, a two-bedroom apartment with another family it's like like a studio so and my sister and her child was like in the living room and me, my mom and my younger brother was um, sleeping in one bed. And, you know, that was our that was my life. And I enjoyed it. I literally was just so excited to be in America that, you know, I didn't never really saw it as this is just the, the cost of entry. Can I pause? Can yeah. I pause? Sure. Did you? Did you guys know this other family? I mean, like, yes. okay, yes. so this is not like no. a like. <laughs> no, well, I my mom knew her. She was a longtime okay. friend of my mother. <laughs> she was a long. Sorry, <laughs> I'm just knocking on doors. Do you guys got room in your living room for about five people? That's what I was wondering. <laughs> yeah, my mom knew her, and uh. Okay. The blessed lady. I mean, she was a Christian, and you know how it. How my it's funny. My how my mom gave her heart to the Lord. Um, this lady that she knew, she knew that she was living with. She was getting baptized, and she was going to church, and my mom just went with her to just kind of support, and mm -hmm. she ended up giving her heart to the Lord too. Wow. So when I came to America, my mom wasn't. She was awesome. She was an awesome mom, but this transformation was also new to me that she's made. So mm -hmm. I'm seeing this this transformation on my biggest influence, which is my mom. So it's starting to become an influence on me. But it took a little while because I remember the first time I went to church with my mom, like, to be honest, Alicia, like, me and my younger brother, we like the worst like you got people crying, you got people jumping, and we're over there just laughing at our faces. <laughs> <laughs> we're just, I love the honesty. We're, we're just laughing and we're just like getting jokes and just just going crazy. 
And that was our life for a little while. And eventually the Lord, the Lord worked on my heart and I became that person that was crying. I became that person that was jumping because, you know, I got this whole message of where am I going to end up? And I didn't want to go to hell. So I gave my heart to the Lord. And but it became more than that. It became more this experience, yeah. this joy. I know that I didn't yeah. do anything to earn it. So, you know, yeah, that's so hard to explain to people, right? I it's mean, like pe- they don't understand that that supernatural like joy and peace that just comes like when we surrender our life to Jesus. It's true. It's true. I, I till this day, I I I can't. I I know that I've done enough and to throw it all away. I've done enough to 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 not get it. I've done enough to not even deserve it. But mm-hmm. time and time again, he just keeps like, I got you. I got you. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. It, that's basically like everything that I've surrounded myself with. That's where I would say my quote unquote ministry is built around just like God's grace. Because one of the most impactful things to me is that when I wasn't thinking about him, he was thinking about me. You know, when I gave my heart to the Lord and I wasn't serious about him, he was serious about me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were living in, in New York and we were enjoying, I was living in Brooklyn, New York. And, you know, I got involved in church as I much, as much as I can. And usually that usually starts with singing. So mm-hmm. I sang in church, um, but I was like, uh, like in the band, like in the choir. Yes. Yes. Nice. Yeah. You're going to end this episode then in a song, right? <laughs> I really want me to. I will. <laughs> I appreciate that servant's heart, but it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um, you don't have to. You know, I, I was coasting through and my mom relocated to a different area in New York. And I feel like that's when my Christian walk really took a turn for the best. So we were living in Brooklyn and we moved to this place called Mount Vernon, New York, which is like close, like closer to upstate New York. Okay. I hated it. I thought, why did she do this to me? Like I have all my friends and it was just like the worst thing ever. Like parents, why do they do these things? They <laughs> not consult <Yeah>. you. <laughs> so I'm just like, you know, so it was terrible. She tried to appease us like we would travel from that location back to my old church that I was a part of. And this is like an hour and change. Oh, wow. That's how my, she was like, you know what? Enough it is, is enough. Um, we're just going to keep it regular. Um, and so part of the reason why my mom is so close to me and so important to me was that like, she has been through a lot and like, it's not, I don't really want to share her story because it's a lot yeah. and I, yeah. it's her story to share, but she's been through a lot. Yeah. And one of the craziest things is, was that when my, it was, it was kind of tragic when my brother got in trouble with the law and all I could remember, like, I don't remember it a hundred percent, but all I remember is my mom on her knees crying, like just praying and crying and just, mm. and I, I, I made a pact to myself was like, 
I just don't want to put her through. I don't want to be the one to put her through that. Yeah. And ever since then, like, I tried to, like, do my best to stay on the straight and narrow. And, you know, in in terms of especially the law, because, yeah. like, facts is facts. Like, I'm sometimes, you know, you, 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 you go through life, but, like, I'm a statistics waiting to happen. And, yeah. And it's yeah. the fact. And I was, like, downright determined to not be that. So... You know, so we made this move and we went to this place and I was going to this church and I hated it because the pastor Mm -hmm. for the church, I hated how he talked, talked very, he had like that rich Jamaican accent. He dragged all his words and he could never say my name right. And I was just like, I was just basically being rebellious. But lo and behold, this guy, um, Pastor Clifford Thompson, he saved my life. He, you know, he basically believed in me. He just saw something in me that, um, man, you know, I owe him so much. He's been a mentor to me till this day, you know, Mm -hmm. and he, he, he really was so instrumental to everything that when it came to ministry, um, <clears throat> I had a youth leader, her name was um, Brenda Compass, and they they talked about, like, getting me involved, like, seriously in ministry, and and this is time, like, I had no desire to be anything but just, you know, just serve God, and, you know, he just put me out there, like, I spoke my first sermon at 16, and he just kept on putting me out there, was in charge of different groups. I mean, just everything ministry-wise, he just kept on pushing me and just that sense of, like, I'm there for you really just got me serious even more about Christ and even just real serious about it. And that's where, you know, that whole responsibility thing came. You know, it's like that scripture when Paul says to Timothy, like, <clears throat> let no man despise thy youth, but be thou yeah. an example to the believers in words and deeds. You know, I'm paraphrasing. But, yeah, like, a lot of times, you know, in, in regards to that scripture, we focus on, like, the, the, especially when you're young, it's like, let no man decide, despise thy youth. So you're like, listen, you don't let nobody, like, make you seem small because you're young. But, like, for me, yeah. second part gripped me more. It was just like, mm. it's a part that I had to play. And if I didn't do what came after, let no man despise that youth. Like, I wouldn't, I've taken, I've messed up this opportunity to to, to be an example, you know? Mm-hmm. So I took a lot of responsibility on my actions. Um, I was I was very serious about Christ and that saying, that's not saying that I didn't screw up and I did mm-hmm. like go the wrong direction and stuff like that. But he always like God was always there for me and he's brought me like through so much things like to experience that situation with my brother and seeing what the impact 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 that it had on my mom. Like mm-hmm. run up in New York as a black male. I'm telling you, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. And like. I've never done anything against the law. You know what I mean? That would require me to 
I have to be in jail or anything like that. But I've been pulled over. I've been questioned. I've been frisked. I've been, and I've never done anything to even mm. want it, you know. And it's just, it's just life. But I say that to say, like, you know, I could be at so many different ends in my life, you know. But God has been good, and <clears throat> I remember. I remember when, when I got older now, when I'm, you know, getting older and I'm getting married mm-hmm. and I fell away from Christ like big time and it was like public and, and I was a leader in the church and, you know, that was like my darkest time because I was supposed to be the example and, you know, that same man, he was there for me. He called me oh, wow. every day. Oh, wow. And because it was so public, like, you know, like not just my church, but the surrounding churches knew about it. And it was just like, it was like gut-wrenching. And I kind of just took a sabbatical, which I kind of had to. Yeah. And, um, you know, and this was close to when I was getting almost getting married. Mm-hmm. So, you know. I tried to shield her as possible, as much as possible, you know, but, you know, I was kind of disappointed that, you know, because I was now responsible for her and she became a part of this. Yeah. And, you know, I carried that burden for a while and, you know, God brought me through it. There was a song that <clears throat> that helped me through it. Um, I'm forgiven because you were forsaken. I'm accepted. Amazing love. How can it be? Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, see, you were going to sing a song for us. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, that kind of brought me through, you know, that time. And, you know, it's just, it's just these various things that, that, you know, God has just kept me through. I remember one time when um, we just got married my wife was pregnant with her first child and I was on my home on my way home from church and I got held up like a gun to my face. Oh my goodness. The whole nine. And like to be honest, the whole time I'm thinking about only thing I'm thinking about Alicia is just like, I just need to make it home to my wife. She's pregnant with my first child. That's all that's going through my mind. Like I could care less what they take from what they didn't take. You know what I mean? You just get married yeah. this high. Your wife is pregnant with your first child. Like, yeah, it's just like at this point, that's yeah. all that matters. Yeah. And um, they literally like took everything I had. Like she was pregnant. So she had a craving. So um, I bought ice cream for her. They took the ice cream. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, you know, it's yeah. but, you know, it's life. And um. Yeah, they took everything. I just was just grateful that I made it home. Okay, so I'm going to rewind. Um, and there's two things that I'm really interested in. And, of course, share as much as you want. Um, but when you when you were mentioning that you, you fell away from God very publicly, mm-hmm. you don't have to say what it is. That's, that's very private. But in order to warn other people 
Like what was going on in your head or your heart or your spiritual walk or, you know, like, like looking back, were there any red flags that you can share to anybody else who's perhaps maybe could see those in their own life? And yeah, um, I have no problem sharing, like yeah, no problem at all. So, um, me and my wife were getting married and like, Three, three, like three months before our wedding date, she got pregnant. And that's like a big deal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and the red flags were like evident and we didn't get help. Mm. We didn't get help. And, and like I would tell anyone like, you can't like the enemy has been trying been at this for two thousand plus years. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's like mastered the cons con. Mm-hmm. And me and myself like stand no chance against him. And I didn't get enough fortitude to to re- re- prevent this from happening. You know what I mean? And when I say I took on a responsibility because I felt like I'm the leader of the house and I know she has all, her own cross to bear, but I felt I took like complete responsibility. I took, you know, I bared it all, you know, because I felt responsible. And, um, but yeah, there were red flags. Um, we just didn't get the help that we needed, you know. We didn't talk to anyone about how how are we gonna handle this intense attraction. Yeah. We 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 didn't really get any help and not yeah. knowing that it only takes one time for something to happen. Yeah. <laughs> it, it seemed like it seemed like um perhaps maybe the lie that you were believing was we could handle this. That's exactly. Yeah. Like we can, we can handle this. We can handle this. And and I'm shaking my head knowing no one's going to see that. (laughs) This is audio podcast, but it's like, you know, we can't. Right. But it's so hard for us. It's so hard for us, even within the church. And the church is supposed to be filled with people who know that they are broken, right? Like the church nowadays is very hypocritical, you know, and and people are going to have their opinions about that. I'm sure I'm going to hear other people's opinions about that. You know what I mean? But it's like, I feel like oftentimes people go to church and they have their pressed pants and their, you know, beautiful blouse and their suit and da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. And, and I literally go to church with my ripped jeans with paint all over me because it's not about what I look like. It's about the posture of my heart. Right. And, and so anyway, that's just the way that it helps me actually to kind of just to be there with no pretense. But I know a lot of people, they go to church to, uh, and they think they they have to polish up. Right. Right. Um, and so when we have that around us, it's really hard for us then to, to, to be unrefined and just say, hey, I'm really struggling with something. Or, hey, because at that point, we're admitting we're not strong enough. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep, yep. And, you know, but to be honest, like, that's why I said I have no problem sharing it. Like, it it Thank has done it has done its help 
to because mm-hmm. this is like a long time ago um yeah. to a, a tons of people you know what i mean it's, it's like three babies yeah. four babies ago say it was a lot of babies ago. <laughs> <laughs> that, that time you know what i mean i thought like like dang like you know and i know i wasn't spotless but like this is like it's one thing to be blemished in behind closed doors but it's like to be blemished in the public it's like yeah. it's a whole nother ball game so i was very popular i was well known in tons of different churches and so you know that's where this phrase comes from you know how can i express my gratitude for your greatness because you've just been great to me you know what i mean like he's just made ways you know i remember when i first came to this country and i was working you know at first you know like my mom's we came here and we didn't have every single document that we needed she just never want she just didn't want to be away from her kids again yeah. and yeah. like i couldn't like i went to do job interviews even though i know i didn't have all my documents i know i didn't have everything that i needed to get the job i went yeah. anyways and god made a way like i was That's literally awesome. working at an engineering firm doing architectural floor plans and this dude, the, I believe God spoke to his heart because he was like, listen, bro, I'm going to pay you with 1099 and, you know, you figure out what you got to figure out, but you're, you're getting this job. <laughs> That's amazing. And so, <laughs> so you know, like, these are things that, that God has done. And it's just like this idea of odds. And one, that one mission that I have is to just like, defy every odds that was set against me, every statistics, every stigma, whatever the case may be. Because if I look at me, I'll see all these things. But if I look at God, like Mm. these things literally mean nothing. Mm -hmm. They mean nothing. They're just things that because of how many times it happens, it's become like, okay, it's supposed to happen to you. Or because, um, a certain group of people do it it's supposed to happen to you or you know because my mom is a single mom i'm supposed to go this direction or whatever the case may be like you look at these things and just by itself it's just like oh that may be true but when you look at god it's just like over and over he rewrites it over and over and over and over again so that's just that's been and that's where the way i think comes in that's always been the way I think. It's just like mm. I'm gonna go where it seems like where I'm not supposed to be. I'm gonna push the envelope. I'm gonna, Amen. you know, cause like one thing I don't because I used to hang around a lot of old people, and I, one of the things that bother them the most is the idea of regret. It's never that crazy thing they mm. did. It's never. Um, it's always what they didn't do. And 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 I that gripped me, and I was like, I I'm gonna try my best to kind of defeat regret. And um, so, you know, in your story though, I would have to say that the pastor Clifford has that grit because he I mean, he was there for you. And then you know when when you made that mistake and it was very public, and you know you had to take the sabbatical, he called you every day, and that is that is grit. That is a perseverance. And that, that is the church working the way it's supposed to. Fact. He's that, that example. Um, so 
I know I've already like, you know, named some of them, right? He called you like, you know, like he, he lifted you up. But can you explain to us a little bit more practical, like almost in a, like a list fashion or like whatever it is, but some more examples or, or something to teach us what Pastor Clifford did. So therefore we can take encouragement and notes from that to learn how we can support other people within the church. Well, first, to lift them up like he lifts you up. First of all, um, and it wasn't just him, but the fact that he called me every day, um, it, it was no longer a member at his church. I felt like I was. it was his son that this happened to. Mm. So he acted as, he was acting as if like one he was my father my actual blood father and also yeah. like he was in that shoe like he was in that situation and he acted accordingly like he did his very best to oh, wow. protect me and my wife mentally you know what I mean? He did his very best to to sh- shield us from mm-hmm. any darts, you know, that would come our way. And, you know. So so he initiated. Mm-hmm. So he didn't wait for you to call him. He didn't, you know, him and Hall, he, he, he was like assertive yeah. in his help. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's like, I'm going to be there. Because the day I, I think I, the, we need the, to hear that the day I found the day you know I by the next day I went straight to him I to talk to him and find out what's let him know what's going on, and like in that moment it's like all I could I felt like was turning in his head is like how can I make sure they come out of this mm. in better or being able to come out of this still, you know, intact. You know what I mean? And I felt like that's what was turning in his head. I felt like that was uh, that was what was turning in his head. He was looking towards the the the, the end and how he's, we are going to get them through this. You know what I mean? And he 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 partnered he partnered us with two counselors at the church and um Mr. Sharp and my old, my old, my the youth director that I told you, Miss um, mm-hmm. Reverend Compass, and he partners and they like just just sold into us. They they shared their own personal struggles. They just they just sold into us to kind of walk us through this time. And I'm telling you, it was it was more than beneficial. It kept it kept us sane. Because, yeah. because like, I'm, I, I love Christ. I didn't throw him away. So, like, the burden was on me. It wasn't like, it wasn't presumptuous or anything like that. I didn't just, okay, sin and then just like, you know what? Screw this, whatever. Like, I was yeah, carrying yeah. this burden. And they saw that. So, I think the goal was to get us out of this. To get us back into right mind. Because everyone knew that. The minute you ask for forgiveness, God forgives you. Mm-hmm. Now there's a mm-hmm. process for you to forgive yourself. Yes. Amen. 
Amen. So I want to, I want to go back to what Pastor Clifford did, which I thought was so amazing is that, so first we already talked about how he initiated and he was very assertive, you know, you went to him, but then after that, like he kept checking up Mm -hmm. on you, which I thought was really great. But at the same time, he didn't choose to shoulder the burden of helping you himself. He, he puts you together with two counselors, Mm -hmm. you know, two other people within the church. And so I think oftentimes what we do within the church is that we see somebody that's hurting or like whatever. And we're like, Oh, I can't carry that burden or I, I, you know, and it's like, but that's, that's what the church is for. The church is a part of a whole. We all have different parts and you know, this, that, and the other. So perhaps maybe the only part that we have is to take this wound or burden or whatever to another person in the church or to another ministry or right. like whatever. Like we're just the conduit. We're just the people who are connecting, not necessarily a hundred percent carrying. Um, so I loved that he, that he did that. Right. And he, he, and with that, like, I felt like he felt he picked two people that one, he could trust mm-hmm. because, you know, this is going to be like a very personal kind of meet. Yeah. So you know, people that he could, could trust and people that, you know, like, he had confidence that they could get us through this, you know? So, I mean, and I remember we, um, we met with the board cause as I said, we were leaders in the church. So we met yeah. with the board and I remember there was this one distinct thing that this guy, um, brother Shand, he said to me, he was like, um, don't worry. The people of God will take care of you. And You know, when you just hear that, you just think, okay, the people of God would take care of you. But what he was saying, it was like the true people of God will take care of you. He was basically saying that the true people, the people that are with God, the people that are trying to follow God is going to try to get you back in right mind versus anything else. And that kind of stood out to me, you know, and, you know, as I said, like when I feel like when someone is going through something like this, the more you can, one, listen to what they're going through, put yourself in their shoes until something hits home. You can always say what you want about it. You know, you can always say I I recently lost a very close friend of mine. Um like a couple months ago. Yeah, I lost a very close friend of mine. Um, he was, um, I was, I was, I was mentor at one point. Um, and, you know, he went off and got older, went off and just lived his life and he got in a terrible car accident. And I remember something he said, um, cause I had to do, uh, I spoke a little at his funeral And I remember something he said, and he was like, when I was going through this thing, he was like, bro, like, like, what, how can I throw you to the side? Like, you've been there for me for everything. Like, this one thing, like, that it's not going to make me forget what you have done for me. And that just kind of like, just, you know, like different things like that, just kind of little by little got me through whatever I was going through. Um, There was this other lady, you know, she was like determined to like get me back involved in ministry. She was like determined. And it was this one Sunday night. She was like, 
you got a song and you're going to sing it on Sunday. And this one, I was on the sabbatical. So, you know, and this was like partially voluntarily mandatory sabbatical. So, (laughs) so, and she was like, but you're going to sing tonight. And, you know, she went to talk to the leaders of the church and they were like, yeah, of course. So we, and I sang and it was just like this induction back, Mm. this induction back. And with praise. Yeah. yeah, It was just like, and one of my, my, he, he, my best man, he came over and we were all just sobbing and everybody was crying and I'm singing. And it was just like this, it was Mm. a unofficial official, like now it's time to get back to work. And it just, everything just went back to, you know, me getting back in. And it took me inwardly a little while to kind of just be back normal and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, God has been good. And, you know, after all these things, you know, coming to America, seeing where my mom brought me in the the, the small little ha- um, apartment, sleeping in one bedroom to, um, you know, see him watching my brother go to jail and they packed it got on her you know coming to this church seeing how this pastor changed my life falling getting back up having a gun to my face all of these different things and it it just comes back and it's like i'm just scratching the surface but it's just comes back to like I, I do my best to never take God's grace for granted because it could be so much different. I don't know how different, but I know it can it could have been different. Yeah. And it it could have been different. Dude, I'm I'm just really thankful. <laughs> I'm trying not to cry, <laughs> but I'm just really yeah, thankful I, that you you've shared cuz I feel like um just a lot of people don't understand and I mean, heck, you know, I know that I don't necessarily understand just the journey other people take that their lives have, have gone. And, and I mean, I've ran into you like, like I've been on your podcast. I've seen you at, you know, create a design, like Bible study. And you know what I mean? Like, like we run into each other and it's like, you never know, you never know what a person has gone through, you know? Mm-hmm. It's true. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much to your wife taking care of the kiddos so you can share your story with us. Um, And if anybody wants to find you or talk to you a little bit like deeper about your story, where can they find you online? Well, um, my website is my name, Daryl Pinnock or dpcreates.com. Um, but easiest way to get me is DP creates anywhere on social media. Okay. D is in dog, P is in Peter creates one word anywhere on social media okay. and just reach out and I'll say hello. That's awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much again. Like, this is, uh, this is an honor for me. A complete honor. Let's thank you. All right. Until next time. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. I never know how to end those things. Ha, 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 ha.